Whew. Guys, how's it going? Just had like a musical melody going on there just to get myself wound up and stuff. I like it. I like it. Ugh. It is our intro. It what is, is it? our intro. Oh, it's playing through the monitor. Oh, well, what's up, guys? It's Super Deep. How's everybody doing this evening? Kitty, please do me a favor and let me know if it's playing twice. Uh, it is playing twice in there, but I'm not even going to edit it real quick. Actually, I am. So, everybody, thank you for joining. Mom, Kevin, everybody, here it is. Uh, thanks, guys. Uh, we're going to get to you soon. Derek's just going to take care of some really quick editing issues. Uh, just to let you know, we got uh, we got a lot to talk about tonight here on Two Beers Deep. And honestly, I cannot wait to crack this beer. <laughs> Just oh, so tight back here. Yes, sir. Three, two, one. Action. Kitty writes in working on my play by play sheet for Saturday. Do the Bengals play Saturday? Is it because yeah, I I, I don't know not in the Super Bowl. I don't know. Is he like is he expecting Zach Taylor to just leave midday and just kind of get his game plan all together for his stint with the Bengals or something? Must, oh. or? Peter Butter, Peter Piper picked a pick of butter. What is up, my buddy? Oh, I need some peanut butter in my life, guys. If you like me in the show, make sure you're sharing this. That way, we get more people to watch it. That way, I'm happier. That way, I don't yell at anybody. That way, I don't stumble across Kaylee's wonderful traveling notes. Mm-hmm. In my two beers deep notebook. Love you, babe. She was out here watching the show. She is no longer. Yeah, what the heck? And now the entire apartment literally smells of turkey bacon. So I'm starving and I want to drink too. So it's a weird conundrum ah, I'm at right now. Keaton works. So through, uh, so everybody, this, you know, Keaton in the chat. Uh, Keaton's my cousin. He works for uh, doing, is that West Virginia, Keaton, or Waynesburg University? Because he goes to Waynesburg, so he put WU. But well, I know he also does things for West Virginia. I need some clarification there, Katie. Or is that Western Union? Or is that... Uh, oh, yeah. Wow. Throwing a wrench there. In I didn't that. even... Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry to even assume that's what you were talking about, Katie. Maybe uh -huh. it is Western Union. Yeah. Maybe you got a full-time job, man. Props to you, man. Western Union's been around forever. Hey. Cheers to you, my friend. Waynesburg. <laughs> All right, guys. So we got a big week in sports, as we said. Um, the other thing that I want to talk about is we have a couple things coming out in Thoughts in the Bench. I want to clear everything up. Um, we have dropped last night, um, a little early, a little sketchy, a little can be what it be. Shout out to my guy, Ben Fury, TFTB Ben, uh, Benny Buckets. He has obviously merch in the store and everything. His podcast dropped last night. I was the inaugural guest. Thank you, Ben, for having me on, brother. Um, guys, the podcast is called The Funny Thing About Sports. Uh, the podcast is basically Ben, and there's a reason that he's on the team. Uh, naturally funny, naturally gifted type of guy, and I want everyone to hear various opinions on sports. Because I, I mean, after a certain amount of time, 17, 18 years, maybe you'll get tired of me and Greg talking about sports. Um, I guarantee the next comment that comes through is my mom saying, "We'll never get tired of you." Thank you, mom. Just throwing that out there. We, we appreciate but the love, obviously. Ben is a uh, young. We're a little older. We uh, are. You know, no shame. No, no, we're, se no. I know we're seasoned. We're seasoned yeah, veterans. We're seasoned. You know. Yeah. Uh, Vince Carter's still playing. So, exactly. uh, <laughs> but no, the, the funny thing about sports podcast on Anchor FM, Anchor app, that will be coming out on all platforms eventually, but make sure you check that out. Secondly, we do have coming in the near future, um, our first ever baseball driven baseball gears. You guys asked for it. I am giving it to you. I am literally saying you want more baseball. Here is more baseball. You are a man of the um, people, my friend, I must say. <sighs> 
It's exhausting to be so loved. Um, I can't drop a name yet on this, but I can tell you that it is the usual suspects of Greg, um, traditionally, and Dre, who actually, since we had Dre on the show, um, there's been two people that I've been told to bring back on. One was Brett, and one was Dre. Dre was asked to be back on because Dre was good, knew his stuff, and was funny. Brett was asked to be back on because everyone expected him to be this fiery sports fan that he plays off, and he sat here pretty mildly. And I, I, I let him have it on the show too. Yeah. I was like, "Hey, man, you're you're not you. Like, you know, start talking." Uh, he has the great debate that we've talked about so many times in the chat, and I get I guarantee I'll have to bring it up again. But the great debate of who would you rather have uh, a beginning of this past season in fantasy football: Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara, or Zeke and Melvin Gordon? Yeah. And I, you know. We fought from that tooth and nail, but at the end of the day, it's the stupidest argument in sports because what fantasy football league allows you to have all those guys? Uh, a league that's full of a bunch of idiots who like, don't know insane, how to draft. Like, it's insane, Yeah, yeah really. I, I said, he's like, no, the way it worked out, it makes sense. How does it make sense? No, it didn't, bud. <laughs> it means that there was, like, two quarterbacks taken and Gronk and wide receiver. Like, cool. oh, it's exhausting. Anyways, we will be— took Aaron Rodgers in the first round, probably. Yes, That's 100%. literally how it works 100%. Out. Um, but Dre— obviously is on there and then uh the newest edition if you guys have not checked it out please do we have um you know his writings on thoughts on the bench.com the blog portion but the laugh uh his name is greg we have two greg m's which is the most exhausting thing for me imagine me trying to set up a production meeting with two guys on my phone as greg m it's almost like the best of times and the worst of times when you think about it too well i try and like (laughs) not okay so i went to text you this morning because they did start recording this podcast and i listened to it guys um, if I can listen to a podcast about baseball and you even like baseball, this is the podcast for you. Like it actually, it, and, and they texted me after and a lot of it was like, Hey, we're sorry. It was top of the head. We didn't really have anything written down. Yeah. I was like, Holy crap guys for you not having anything written down. You're all giant bunch of nerds and it's so aggressively yeah it's funny too because we did it all over the phone and everything greg literally just had it set up we synced everything up and we just spent about an hour talking about baseball yeah so that'll be dropping here soon i do want to say for everybody that is worried i do still have my two fantasy football championship rings as well as the newest set toy chris letang bobblehead it's a very nice bobblehead by the way yeah i've never owned a bobblehead like, what? it's always been someone else's. Really? I don't think I was allowed to. I think my mom thought I was going to eat the parts. Um, what parts? Like the, the, the giant the, head or something? No, or? the spring. Oh, yeah, the spring is You hazardous. never babysat. I think that about all I'm, this stuff. You know what I mean? Like That is very true. I've never babysat in um, So we have some cool things coming. We also have another podcast in the works. We also, uh, we're not allowed to announce it quite yet, but we do have our first official sponsor of Two Beers Deep. Mm-hmm. Um, not a beer sponsorship yet. I did we are tell working Greg, on it. so I know that there's been a lot of uh, no free ads, and then we did free ads. Yeah. We're back to no free ads. Um, Greg has the labels turned far enough that I don't care too much. It's not like we don't. Uh, we stopped pressing yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, we, um, we know. You know what it is, guys. Everything will come as it comes. But let's get into some sports by uh, starting the card game. So, guys, if you are new to the show, Pete, uh, shout out to you, because I don't think you've ever peeked into a show, my brother. Yeah. But I did ask Pete to be a, a member of Two Beers Deep. Before he moved to New York and became a super successful, awesome, fun DJ, um, he was a DJ here, best in the city. Put my name on that. Mm. But uh, so what we do, guys, is there's a card in front of me. Um, first question, true or false. Second question, ABC. Third question is name. Fourth question is year. So what we do is if you get the first one wrong, it is four seconds of a chug. Second one, three. Third two, fourth one. 
based on the probability of getting it. Obviously, a true or false, you're 50-50. So if you guess, it's obviously a lot easier. Right. Uh, the year one is is the hardest by far. We so, legit just introduced this probably maybe a month ago, yeah. and this is definitely we introduced a this before thing. <laughs> the live show, and this has quickly become one of our favorite things as well as people's favorite things. The yeah. one thing I will say is we did have a long production meeting, so Greg and I only have an extra pounder each. So this game could end quicker than we want, and then mm-hmm. we'll take shots at Captain. Absolutely. Um, in 2017, a slow-motion marathon was planned for Los Angeles to promote a movie. True or false? True. True it is. Yeah, that was kind of an easy one, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, like, you're 2017, not... slow-motion in Los Angeles, yeah. movie. I feel like anything crazy that happens in Los Angeles, I'm just going to say it's probably a movie or a TV show. Yeah, it makes the most sense. Uh, who won the 100th running of the Indy 500 in 2016? A, Juan Pablo Montoya. B, Alexander Rossi. C, Ryan Hunter Ray. Alexander Rossi. B is correct. Yes, sir. Um, did well, you, you know that probably, one? That's probably one of the only, that's the only, like, actual stock car or, like, open wheel race that yeah. I actually watch because I've been to the Indy 500. What's a closed wheel race? Closed wheel is essentially NASCAR. So, like, open wheel is literally, like, the, Oh, they're the, on the side. Yes, like, okay, yes, okay. That's what it's so, okay. referred to. Oh, I was thinking, like, aren't all wheels kind of open? Like, is there, like, a tank racing? Yeah, it's kind of like the, aware of? It's, it's the design of the car, essentially. But Secondly, Moorhead, thank you guys for joining. Sorry, I didn't catch that. Natty, always back. Always glad to have you, my friend. Third question. What is the name of the ball used in Gaelic Game of Hurling? Oh, wow. Um, you, I mean, you might as well make up a word, because there's. I would have never got that. <laughs> I'm just going to go Harry Potter on this. I'm going to say Quaffle. A close. It's the Sleothar. The S L I O T H A R. Sliothar. Sliothar. I feel like Gaelic. Um, I'm gonna say Sliothar just because. That's yeah. That makes know. sense. I feel um, like they put emphasis on the I. In there. So, in what year did explorer Sir Ran Ranulf? It looks like Randolph, but they missed the D. R A N U L P H. Ranulf. In what year did explorer Sir Ranulf Finez run seven marathons on seven days on seven continents? Oh wow. Um. I'm going to say 2016. <laughs> Natty writes in the quaffle. That's not a bad guess either, to be fair. Uh, no, it was 2003. So, Greg, you got Dang three it. chugs, my buddy. That was not bad at all. No, that was one of my better performances on that game, actually. It was. It wasn't that bad. It was pretty decent, guys. So, the first sport we're going to get into today is pretty freaking obvious. You actually texted me this, and uh, this might still be news to some people, to be fair. Greg actually texted me during a production meeting at work, or like a whole staff meeting. So, I wasn't. I didn't even have it on my phone. Yeah. Like, when I looked at yours real quick, and I was like, did Chris stops? Literally, when you said... I, I want to talk about AD, but Kristaps stole the spotlight. I was like, all right, did he demand a trade? Did they trade him for Anthony Davis? Or did he tear something more or something else was coming out? Like, I, I legitimately thought Anthony Davis was traded for Kristaps when you sent me that. Really? Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, looking at this when it happened, first off, I didn't think it was going to happen so quickly because, obviously, Adrian Wojnarowski, best probably one of the best insiders in all broke man Schefter. broke man Schefter. that's a great way to put it but you just said he's the best insider in all of sports i call him a broke man Schefter, and you agreed with me i mean i feel like Schefter kind of gets i mean like, exactly help much. me out here my Schefter guy. gets praised too much i'll say that but ward watch is probably one of the best is the best insider in all sports i would say I'd say. But he's a broke man Schefter? That's your opinion. You agreed with me. I was you still, said, yeah, that's right. I was still in mid-drinking, so that's no, my fault. No, you were Yes, I was. So, all right. Oh, my God. Wodge makes the report that Kristaps uh, <laughs> has a meeting with the New York uh, you know, front office and says he doesn't like the direction of how the team's going. Immediately afterwards, we start hearing rumors about potential trade partners. And I believe the list was the Clippers, 
the Spurs, the Brooklyn Nets, um, and the Mavs. Yeah. The Mavs were very low-key on that list. I wasn't even expecting them to do anything. Not even a half hour later, all of a sudden, we hear Kristaps Porzingis is being traded to the Dallas Mavericks. And I'm like, yeah, you basically now have the perfect replacement for Dirk Nowitzki right now. I mean, it's cookie cutter, guys. It's, it's literally cookie cutter. You were looking at the foreign bros, the foreigners. Um, to, oh I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to say my best one yet because I'm saving that for a T-shirt to drop. You're saving that? All right. I'm saving that for a shirt, and I'm going to drop that straight in Dallas. And I will, uh, if you're in the chat right now, we'll, we'll buy you a beer when I see you out at a bar. I mean, okay, um, so for people who didn't miss it, uh, the full trade was essentially uh, the Mavericks acquired Kristaps Porzingis. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was Kristaps Porzingis, um, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Courtney Lee. And the Knicks acquired Dennis Smith Jr. Yep. Uh, I believe it was DeAndre Jordan and, yep. Wesley, and Wesley Matthews. Natty writes, <laughs> Pelicans, quotations, we will destroy any chance we have of building a team. New York Knicks, hold my beer. That's good. I Okay, so when Greg brought this up to me, there was a couple thoughts you get in your head, and we talked about a decent amount. My own, my honest opinion is that the Mavericks won this, and there's not even a competition to, to see if they did win it. Or, like, like, literally, you are trading your backup point guard, who everyone knows is a starter, can be a starter, but he's not really proven anything. We just know what he can do. Which, to Athletic be fair, ability alone, he is amazing. Which, to be fair, I feel like his development got stunted when they decided to draft Luka Doncic. Which is totally a respectable thing when you talk about the way that Doncic has progressed, and he's amazing. Oh, but when Don- you trade away your yeah. backup point guard, your your main center for a power forward that is generationally applicable to this game and is like not playing this year by the way he's still recovering from ACL surgery yeah hundred percent so basically you come out in a sense and you say well um, we just upgraded our team with another European white guy this and- is the most Mavericks like literally the Mavericks are are. Bill Belichick of the NBA. I'm out of here. Like, this is ridiculously amazing for this franchise. Wait, 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 Not because wait, they're white wait, Europeans, wait, 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 but what wait, it comes wait. down to is they are just amazing. Okay, I got a, I got a bone pick with you. When you said the Bill Belichick of the NBA, it's the San Antonio Spurs. They are the Bill okay, Belichick. Obviously, it's because they're taking white guys, Greg. Well, I mean, come on. Though. You just said, and just, uh, for just everybody sustain- that just joined the chat, I want to oh bring up the God. simple fact that Greg said, and I quote, Wojnowski is the biggest, like, the biggest name when it comes to breaking news. I said he's a broke man's Adam Schefter. And Greg said, that's a really good way to describe him. And you're going to argue with me about semantics about, obviously, I'm not going to talk about Bill Belichick in the frame of any other coaching or team you, ever, you Greg. Called Dallas, you called Dallas. Because they just traded away a bunch of good athletes to get the white guys, and everyone knows that that's a thing, Greg. Why don't you know what every other sports fan knows? It's very frustrating to do a goddamn show with a guy that can't even just understand the simple semantics of a joke. You don't want that rant of yours? That wasn't a rant. I was fixing the camera. That's crazy um, to think about, too. Yeah. I like the fit of Tim Hardaway Jr. in Dallas. Benny Bucket's right in. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, but like, yeah, but what? I mean, he's what? okay. Like, he's not. He's he's a good role player. He's a decent guy. He's a good player, but like, it's Kristaps. It, it's weird to look at it from wow. this season's perspective because Dallas is fighting for the last spot in the West right now, yeah. and. I mean, yeah, you got Luka, you got Dirk. You're going to put more pressure on Luka to perform during the game because you're not going to have Dennis Smith to come and back you up now going forward. Looking at the Knicks, for this season at least, Tim was probably a very good role player for them. But if you add Dennis Smith Jr. to go with Kevin Knox and Frank Nicotini, who 
I don't know what the hell is going on with him. He needs to. Yeah, that's that's been a he, huge he need, issue. He needs to learn how to freaking be a point guard. But Dennis Smith Jr. and Kevin Knox is a really, really good young backcourt combo that Fizdale can work with. I think. Yeah, well, if Fizz, I mean, we talked about this too. If Fizdale's there next year, um, we see Fizdale's career. We all like him when it comes to being a fan of the sport. But traditionally, talking about basketball alone, he hasn't had the smoothest route. So you look at a situation where you trade away, as you said, um, kind of one of Phil Jackson's players. I don't think there's so much a, I drafted this guy, I took this guy, especially at that level yeah. of what Kristaps has been able to do. Plus, the New York franchise can say, you all booed this. Well, We're weird, amazing. What's weird about the Nick franchise, <laughs> though, is that lately they <laughs> haven't really done anything, I would say, dumb. Like, I can't remember the last time they did anything stupid. I mean, they got Phil Give Jackson. Give Joakim Noah any money at all. Smooth. Well, that that was during the Phil Jackson era. But, like, after Phil Jackson left, though, I mean, they haven't really done anything too moronic like Some, yeah I, like i truly think fizdale deserves a chance to show what he can do but i mean he's got I mean, a very young roster to work with so yeah, you can only do he so he took much. the job at new york and he just yelled at the like he got kicked out and they said you know what's the fine he's like what are we gonna do lose more like we're losing games left and freaking right are you leaving yeah. do you want to say hi to everyone make, is, make a guest appearance right. just a run in oh, yeah, it's kaylee's corner. this is kaylee's corner kaylee tell Literally the corner of the screen, too. Tell me something about sports. Um, she knocked over a Jaeger, oh too, by the way. I knocked over a candle, I think. No, you didn't knock over. You knocked over a mini well, bottle of Jaeger. It's too high. <laughs> it's too high? Yeah. Oh, that's not good. We're going to have a new podcast called Kaylee's Corner. Is that it? Yes. Okay. That's not really a sports thing, just saying. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to talk about on there, but it'll be fun. Coming soon, folks. Kaylee's Corner, another great podcast going on <laughs> on Thoughts from the Bench and its umbrella. And Derek is just speechless right now, so we're just going to keep going. <laughs> disrespect. Utter disrespect. For not moving the mic back. Now, bye. Have a good night. And Kaylee works tonight, everybody. Yeah. All right, so let's get in a little bit more about this Pazingas trade. Uh, smalls, smalls TV. Guys, this is uh, um, our newest contributor writer. Uh, yeah, newest is, is Smalls. Uh, He's our NCAA guy. Smalls, uh, I can't wait to meet you. I hate you for being a Penn State fan, but I do respect you for writing about the NCAA. So I'm just going to let that yeah, go. Yeah, because right Greg went to Pitt. Oh, you didn't. That's right. I grew um, up two minutes from Oakland, so whatever. You didn't go to Pitt. Because I didn't want to write an essay to get in, honestly. Okay. So just Smalls saying. writes in, Frank Caliendo Schefter is better than Schefter himself, but that's neither here nor there. I agree with that, actually. Uh <laughs> Natty writes in today's show could be called two shoots down fellas too cold only for beers oh. um all right so the, the the thing that i like the most about this whole entire trade is that it shows that the knicks i still don't g think they get it like dennis Smith jr is going to be an awesome player for them i love that i think fitz is, is going to do wonders with this play i think giving him um, some playing time that he has lacked this year because of the arrival see, Kitty, of Doncic is going to be good eat shit pit but you go to waynesburg and I don't get. And you're a Bengal fan. You're I go. I went to Point fan. Park. Now, if you want to talk to me about any like uh, any of the schools we played there, I'm like yeah, I get it. But I mean, I don't yeah, hate like, any. Like, I, come on, man. Well, really? I mean, you can't bring in the Bengals fan thing here, Greg. That's a little. Why not? Because that's rude. Oh come on, that's that is rude. rude. Is that this really is NCAA? Rude? Yeah, that's um, fair. yeah, shots fired, Natty. I know this guy. Uh, no, just kidding. But anyway, so back to the basketball talk. Um, I don't know. I think it's perfect for the Mavericks. I don't feel like, yeah, oh, he's got the next Dirk because he's a big white European that can shoot three. But what it really does for Kristaps is it gives him a brighter future. Luka Doncic has way more weapons now. And for the Knicks, it gives Fizdale players now that can actually, um, 
I don't know, that can actually play because I think Kristaps being on the bench for them is a huge deterrent to what he can do. And I think giving him a guy like Dennis Smith Jr. that's electric that people will want to see, I think it was a good move. And DeAndre Jordan can still play. Yeah. So I, I think it was a good trade for both parts. But obviously, in my mind, there's no doubt Dallas won. Yeah, if you look at this deal as a whole, everyone's going to look at Kristaps as kind of like the big name going about this but if you think about it Kristaps hasn't played all year so if you look at it from the Knicks perspective you're trading away someone who wasn't adding much for this season yes is he gonna yes was he the face of the franchise and he was gonna do well for them in the recurring years but this is good for them moving forward the Knicks I mean I'm not gonna lie they're probably not gonna make the playoffs this year because they're just it's just a lot going on there's a lot going on but at the same time though i mean if you look at the talent they got i mean it's not the end of the world i really don't think of that at all and dallas is still going to be competing and luca is definitely going to get way more playing time than usual and i'm intrigued to see how luca deals with the pressure of not really getting as much time off with having to be the front guy now to man the offense i still think he's gonna be the front guy um, the way that he stepped into the league is one of the most amazing things. And Ben Fury and I actually talk a decent about about this, what it feels like every day, Ben, um, that this is a guy that is not normal. This is not a normal situation. He no. has spent his entire life, and Ben and I talked about a decent amount on the podcast. Um, again, funny thing about sports, check it out. Um, but the funniest thing about the situation is that Luka Doncic spent his entire life playing against professional basketball players. This isn't just – this is almost identical, in my opinion – to the Kobe situation, except that Kobe did come back and play high school here. Right. But it, it, you look at a player, and obviously you can say, well, why would you say Kobe? Why wouldn't you say all players that grew up European? Because Luka's different. Luka has a killer mentality while playing overseas, and that is something that is so scary to draft. Because you, you, how many foreign guys just didn't pan out? Or like like even Ricky Rubio has a great career. Yeah. Is a, If they had like, there's the Hall of Fame. If there was like the, eh, kind of Hall of Fame. Ricky Rubio would be in the kind of Hall of Fame. I feel like the majority of NBA scouts and front offices now are terrified to draft the next Darko Milicic. Exactly. I I feel like they're at that point now because you look at the European game. You're not necessarily playing against elite athletes that can be considered NBA type of players. Not much contact. But you're playing against professionals, though. So, I mean, I feel like there's some sort of... There's only one player I'd back jumping from a foreign league to the NBA every single day of the week. And that is Jimmer Fredette. Jimmy Buckets, Jim Jim Jimmer, the Megalodon. You do love Jimmy Buckets. I don't know, I man. It's just cool. Like it's one of those cult classic. Fe- it feels like a Tarantino film. Like even though I think Tarantino is the greatest director of all time, he feels like a Tarantino film where it's like, yo, Jimmer scored sixty tonight. So I'm gonna go be in the Chinese league, and it's kind of not that big a deal, and like he's kind of Mormon, so like I don't really. No, 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 dude, it's awesome. You know what's funny? That's awesome. probably Tarantino doing a cameo in his own film. Oh, claps in the chat. Cody Baker joined in. Interesting <laughs> life choice by him to come here and see this podcast when he should be doing more important things like being AG. Yeah. Uh, Natty said it's career-winning choice. They're going to the safe way. Uh, because Ben writes in Luke had an average of a six-year jump on playing versus pros, more athletes. Yes. So that's that, that brings me to another point that I want to talk about before we transition to AD. Yeah. I, I, like, Zion and R.J. Barrett, mm-hmm. do you with absolute certainty believe they would do well in the NBA right now? Right now? Yes. Like, if they would have skipped college, gone pro, they would have been as, as drafted as they were, and they would be... I, I definitely think Zion. RJ was was a higher-ranked player than him coming out of high school in the sense of an all-around player, but Zion's built like a guy that would kick my ass in Southside. 
on I, Saturday. I had like, the th- when you put that in my perspective, just, I agree with you. Zion is one of those guys that I feel like physically he's ready for the NBA. Yeah, no, I, I'm right there with you. Watching him play, it, it's scary just kind of like how much of a gravitational pull he has on it. Like I'm pretty sure someone said that he's basically Charles Barkley but skinnier. That's a good that's a good compliment for yeah. Zion at this point too. So I'm right there with you. I think Zion is more ready for the NBA. RJ is a weird case for me. I, I don't know what to make of RJ. I think he's got the length and all that, yeah. but what are you drafting him as? Are you drafting uh, him as a point guard? Are you drafting him as a 3 and D guy? I mean, it, it's like just I think you're drafting of... him as a project. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I think you're drafting him in a sense of like, hey, this guy can obviously play. Right. But it's, it's one of those weird things, too, where I feel like we've gotten so many projects in the last couple of years that RJ has got the talent to succeed. But if you expect him to be a rookie of the year candidate and be a guy to you know lead your team to the playoffs in your first year, it, it's not going to work out well. That that's in my true opinion. Like if you look at the last rookie class, your top four your top four picks or top five picks, I'm sorry, were DeAndre Ayton, Marvin Bagley, um, yeah. Luka Doncic, Derek, Jaron Jackson, and Trey Young. Luka, Trey, so Jaron, still that they and that I would trade argue happened, and I'd argue DeAndre have made significant strides for their team and have done key contributors. Bagley is still kind of like a weird thing. Can I bring up one point to contradict ahead. everything you're about to say? Go ahead. Are you not the same guy that breeds on the fact that talent takes time? That is true. Okay, I am. but I'm but I'm saying like guys who are any front office who's expecting to draft RJ and have him be a, a difference maker right out the gate. Oh, I'm be... so sorry. I, I see what you're, I yeah, see yeah. where you're, I thought you were saying that look at all these guys that are impact guys. He won't be. And right. and you're kind of saying that in a sense, but you're also saying he takes time. Yes. So I, R- I, RJ, yeah, RJ bad. is one of those guys that I feel like is Shani, going to, what's up brother. RJ is one of those guys that I feel like is going to take some time before he eventually kind of develops into that star player that the NBA is expecting him to be. Yeah. It's because it, the weird thing is, like, you don't know what to do with him. So Natty and Ben both write in yes to that answer, that they would have gone pro and been fine. Natty writes in something interesting um, that I think a lot of people don't touch base on that's kind of, um, I don't know, it's funny. RJ is the more complete player by almost every metric, by almost every conversation, and he probably is the better basketball player. Yeah. Still, Zion's dominance. Yes, will get him drafted higher. You know, what like I th- it's crazy. You know what I think it is about RJ? RJ does everything well, but he doesn't have something that he does extraordinary. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that's fair. That's a really I, if good that point. makes sense. Because because Zion, I, I agree with that. Yeah, because Zion's one of those things where Zion, when you watch him, like you see his dunks. And he's already said he doesn't want to be known as a dunk guy, but it's hard to not look away from yeah, that. Yeah, but his he, shot looks good this year. His shot his looks shot very looks, good. It looks very Zach Randolph-esque, but mm-hmm. it looks good. Yeah, it, and actually, I was going to say, a fair comparison for him is probably Zach Randolph, but with a better shot. You were shot. not going to say that. Yes, I would. He looks like Zach Randolph. He's got the build of <laughs> Zach Randolph. We didn't discuss that before the show. I'm saying he's going to be a better Zach Randolph, and he yeah. could arguably have a Charles Barkley ceiling. Shani, really could. Shani writes in, I'd draft him as a point guard. He'll develop quickly that he's the real deal. He's got physical dominance of Zion, the difference maker. Well, here's the thing, though. He's not yeah. the starting point guard for Duke right now. No, but also the so, Jones family, when it comes to Tyus, or Ty, like, they're spark plug players. That's true. They are, they are the Jesse Lindegaard, and I'm doing it, guys, because they're not the best player. Okay. But they are the player that is like going to make that really weird run 
or make that weird pat like make that situation happen that the rest of the guys are going to go wow that was dope let's go so like Jesse Lindegard's runs for Manchester United are the kind of the way the Jones family because back with Jalil Okafor and Tyus Jones the same situation happened RJ and Reddish and Zion don't go to Duke without that that's like, and there was a text conversation. Please look up the document. It was on ESPN. I think it was amazing. It is. But you look at the reason he's not playing point guard is because the spark plug guy that you kind of have to play, despite his shoulder injury, so he has been in and out, is good. So is it weird for me to think then in terms of his pro development, RJ probably should have gone somewhere where he was actually going to be the primary ball no, carrier? No, absolutely not. Because um, the way that I look at it, RJ knew he was going to be the second pick, in my opinion, to um, – he, he was going to be the second guy after Zion no matter what. So you yeah. might as well team up with him, go to Duke, win a national championship. Look mm-hmm. at Ben Simmons. Look at Markel Fultz. Look at previous guys that went to lower schools that were projected to be the top guys coming out. Look at, um, I, I don't even, I'm trying to think of other guys that went to like lower schools. Apologies on this, guys. But yeah, my I point here is to go to Duke, to get a national championship, to play for Coach K, who is the, I think it is such a, I, I love Coach K. I like Duke. Don't oh, get me wrong. I do. I do too. I'm sure that's definitely a negative thing in this chat. Um, but what it comes down to, guys, is you are playing for the head coach of the U.S. international team. This guy coaches the best players on the planet. And, oh, I can go play college for him for one year, and he's okay with me playing for one year, and he doesn't care if I go to class? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sign me up. But, <laughs> like, that's the stupidest conversation to even argue against. I do want to read some comments real quick. I'm sorry, Ben. I, I, ben no, go ahead. Go ahead. I know I've been talking for a while, Greg. Yeah, it's okay. Um, so, Ben writes in, agreed, it's just Zion's size and athleticism is more impressive to the eye than a complete savage size under the radar guy with a naked eye. But... The comment I want to get to is is uh, shout out to Chef um, is Chef Kevin's. He said can't be the guy who didn't take Zion. I think that carries way more weight than just picking the better prospect because if you don't take him and he turns out to be LeBron or Charles Barkley at the lowest spectrum, mm-hmm. wow, did you miss a guy that is a ticket seller, a highlight seller, a jersey seller, a YouTube like the the social media metrics that the team for the NBA can just use on Zion whenever they draft that right. guy. They're, They're going to make so much money. There's honestly no guy that I would take over Zion in this draft right now. There really isn't. RJ might have the biggest potential out of all the potential RJ's prospects. RJ's the only other guy I, could, I would consider. RJ's the only guy I consider, but looking at what they've done this year so far, Zion is the guy that's just impressed me so much with just, he's an intention grabber. He, I mean, that's what it comes down to. That's the yeah. whole NBA is, can you get a guy that is going to be not just the franchise, but the future and get people to sit in the seats? I mean, you have really successful teams that don't sell out because they're just boring. The Atlanta Hawks for a while, Dennis Schroeder's their main point guard. We're not doing well, right? but they were doing well yeah. in the NBA. So John Collins is a solid like power forward that no one talks talks about because he's just there yep. essentially but now you have trey young now you have someone that actually is an attention grabber and atlanta yeah. i mean i'm not going to say they're turning a corner but i mean Ooh. they're definitely more you know marketable just from that so, perspective natty writes and i've seen rj play for team canada dude oh, makes other players Canadian around too. him better he has off days in college but it's because the media is con- like concentrated on zion which i want to touch on but shanny does write in you can't pass on zion no matter what the team needs his generational talent so i want to touch on natty's but i want to read shanny's because i love shanny's comment too all right natty seeing him play on the national level is probably the most and i put a status up which i do want to i want to that's the draft at the end of it okay i'm writing that down all right um but basically it's one of the most pure things is to see someone play for their country at that level and not have this media frenzy or anything crazy like that and let's not knock team canada by the way canada has been producing some crazy talent over the last couple yeah. of years when it comes to basketball really so good that, wiggins a- was a huge one yeah. um ben simmons is australian so never mind all right that means it's time for a card all right you're up buddy thank you uh and shanny will revert 
back. Was that live or was that on my headset? That beep, beep, beep. beep. Did you hear two beeps? I didn't hear two beeps. Then what, why did you say beep? Because you told me to do beep. I said, did you hear the beeps? They went beep, beep. And you go beep. Well, I'm making you sure, sure you like heard the it. fish in SpongeBob. I heard it. It's in the headset. I, <laughs> wait, wait. If I sounded like the fish in SpongeBob, I'd say hoopla. No. Meep. Hoopla. Read the card. All right. TV celebrity Martha Stewart is a passionate supporter of British soccer club Manchester United. True or false? True. False. <sighs> when dropped onto concrete from 100 inches. Jamal Murray is Canadian as well. Good point, Seckley. All right. When dropped onto concrete from 100 inches, how high should a tennis ball bounce? Oh. A, 43 to 48 inches, B, 49 to 52 inches, C, 58 to, sorry, 53 to 58 inches. B. C. Yeah, I, not with the, inches threw me off. Yeah. If I can get some feet metrics up in here, like. It's all right. One of the more unusual Olympic events is the biathlon. Which two sports does it combine? Biathlon. Mm-hmm. Is that running and swimming? Okay. Yeah, what is it? I'm, no, that, cross, I, I gave you my answer. Okay, okay. Cross country skiing and rifle shooting. Oh, I'm an idiot. Yep. I was okay. thinking of the truck. Like I, yeah, I was thinking of a marathon. That's okay. In what year was the Boston Marathon devastated by a bombing? I was a freshman in college towards the second half of the year, so I'm gonna go with 2012, 2013. All right, guys. Well, I don't even have that much beer left. Yeah, you got to do a 10 right there. So I, I, I guess the point that I just kind of want to bring up here is that Zion is the attention grabber. He's going to be the guy that just gets the number one overall pick. But the thing that I want to get to and is something that I truly cannot wait for is something that was broken this past week and got all the attention in the NBA. Thank you, Seckley. No, okay. So, no, I don't think we already did this card. But I definitely remember the tennis ball question. Maybe we did do this card before. That's possible. But I, I don't remember the Martha Stewart question, and I don't remember the Boston bombing, but I remember tennis ball. Hmm. And I think I remember the biathlon. I at least remember the tennis ball, but it was B last time, which is why I took B. Hmm. So I don't, I don't know. I'll look into that. All right. That's, that's a that's sorry. Fine. Go ahead, Greg. All right. So. The thing that I want to get to is something that really kind of threw NBA inner circles off this whole week, and that was the announcement that Anthony Davis wants to be traded. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, well, and it, it started off as Anthony Davis didn't want to sign an extension, um, which is obviously trade me. Um, so he's doing a couple things right here. He's doing the one thing right, which is saying to the guys, hey, look, I'll play next year. Um you know, I'll finish out my contract. I'm just not signing an extension and testing free agency, which means going to the Lakers. Um, the other thing that I think that he did right in this sense was give his team enough time before the deadline. He did give them a couple of days to try and move him. Mm-hmm. I think if he would have came out right now and said that or this and that, like it, it just he. I, I think Anthony Davis did this in the right way. He loves New Orleans. I think he's the best player in that ever. I mean, CP3 obviously was great for the Hornets back in the day yeah. um, when they were New Orleans, but he's... Anthony Davis is what I call a generational talent, as Shani brought up about Zion. Anthony Davis is my best player in the NBA right now. Absolutely. I love Giannis. I, I, I appreciate the greatness that is and has been LeBron James. I think James Harden is one of the best offensive weapons we've ever seen, but pure NBA talent. I, I think Anthony Davis takes the cake. Um, but what it comes down to with this trade is the interesting thing is that he now... 
there's been so many sources saying, yeah, you could trade him next year. And he'll sign, you know, he'll play for the team. And he said he'll play his ass off for that team. Right. But that's a one-year rental. Mm-hmm. That's a very limited time frame. That is the Los Angeles Rams of time frames. That's also the Golden State Warriors of time frames when you think about it because all these veterans, like, sign one-year contracts to, in the hopes of getting a ring. Now. I would love, love for the Warriors <laughs> to trade Boogie back to New Orleans for Anthony Davis. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. It would just come full circle. In that oh, it would be too. so awesome. So I do want to read some of the comments real quick. Ben writes in. Um well, actually, Shani writes in. Sorry, Shani, there. I thought I'd read that. Player mobility makes the NBA great. He gave them six solid years and knows them nothing. Absolutely agree because they didn't get him a point guard, a shooting guard, a small forward, or a center to care because he's power forward, but he's playing center and it's just really stupid down well, there. Well, player mobility is also kind of an issue, too, because we argue all the time that the NBA is more of a player driven league than it is a team driven league. Yeah. So it's like a double edged sword there, in my opinion. Ben writes in, he's being upfront, which is good, saying no matter what, he wants to go to LA, so he prevents other teams from gaining false hopes. Which, by the way, I want to point yeah. this out, too. He is letting go of a Supermax extension with the Pelicans because. Yeah, he but is at a-, a certain rate. It's a five-year, $240 million extension. Yeah, but he's going to sign a five-year, $190 million extension. That's a $50 million that I, I think out of personal brand and him working things, he'll find that somewhere. Yeah. It's kind of so. funny, though, because we've talked about for the longest time how the way the CBA is set up is that you are trying to essentially give teams a bigger incentive to keep the guys that they drafted. So yeah. it's kind of it's a little interesting to see that Anthony Davis is willing to forego $50 million because he wants to win a ring. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it is, but it also isn't. We've seen this happen before. One of the biggest names that it didn't happen to was Russell Westbrook, and he obviously still doesn't want to ring, which yep. is why I want to loop that in a little bit because Ben writes in, sorry for the cutoff, but I think the Mavs found the secret recipe, acquire seven-foot white guys. And then he also writes in, Paul George was supposed to be a rental as well. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, Kawhi's supposed to be a rental. Will he stay in Toronto is a big issue that you got to talk about. Certain guys do plan on being rentals. Kevin Durant was kind of a rental, even though he signed yeah. a three-year deal. Hear me out. Um, but what I want to get to on the whole uh, rental aspect of Anthony Davis is might be a rental, but you are literally renting a Bugatti for a full year. Yeah. A healthy Bugatti that has been driven around a decent amount, but still produces everything you ever wanted you're, to. You're renting a guy who is essentially could be an MVP next year. Yeah. You, I mean, you, Anthony, you like, it's, it's insane to even consider the fact that Anthony Davis wants to go to the Lakers. Because it's just like, it's a lot right now. Which, by the way, I want to point this out. Just a lot. Which, I want to point this out. Give me a second. Okay, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. The Pelicans are in no rush to make a deal. I want to point this out. And I think him saying when he said the things is kind of why. Yeah. No, this is a great, great time for the Pelicans. They hold all the cards here. I think I remember seeing something about how uh, Magic Johnson actually made a call to him and said one of the packages was Lonzo Ball. Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, Ivan Zebnik, and a first-round pick. That's a that was hypothetical. Shut up. It, no, 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 no. It was hypothetical. When it was it hypothetical. Shut up. When it didn't include Brandon Ingram. It was hypothetical. It was, shut up. It wasn't hypothetical. No, I'm sorry, man. That's actually – No, for the Lakers to trade for him, honestly, I think the Lakers would be dumb to do it, except for the fact that you want to capitalize. So this is an argument that I bring back to the simple fact if, that – If I'm Del Demps, I would make sure that I include – If I'm Greg Malik, I would make sure to cut off Derek at the time. I, I want Josh Hart in the deal first off. I'm just going to no. say that right so, there. So um, – <laughs> And obviously just kidding, the whole show is us cutting each other off. So that is very true, it is. Uh, but what I'm getting at is it's the same conversation you had about LeBron James when he was with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Do you keep Wiggins? Do you trade him for love? Do you capitalize on LeBron now or do you plan for the future? 
A lot of this has to do with, do you capitalize on LeBron now or do you plan for the future? I think this day and age right now as it is, I would be absolutely heartbroken to lose two of four of those guys. So the, obviously the guys are Hart, Ingram, Kuzma, Ball. Yep. Realistically, Brandon Ingram has not turned out to be what he could be. He's been okay, but he seems kind of like a little kid. The whole punching situation was just aggressive with the Rockets. Like, just stop. Is it weird for me to think that Ingram should have stayed in college all four years? Yes. Yeah. He was too much of a talent. He was a blue chip prospect after Ben Simmons. It is. It, it would have been idiotic for him to do that. I don't know, man. It, just the way that he's developed under the Lakers, I just feel like he hasn't really done much. I don't know if it's because when LeBron came in. Yeah, but that Greg, pro- what you're not getting here is he was the second overall pick. That's the fair. money there over staying four years at Duke. Yeah. Like, yeah, he might get better under Coach K, but just go. A talent like that needs to just get to the league. Right. That's the same thing we said about Barrett. Barrett might not be the guy yet. He's got a lot of time to grow. It's the same thing that you and I texted about the other day when I said I still wish we would have had Jalil Okafor over D'Angelo Russell because of what like- Okafor is becoming because it would have like elongated Kobe's career to have a back-to-the-rim center, and it would have made Jordan Clarkson arguably a lifetime Laker. But also want to say Russell's leading the Nets and in going into the playoffs this year, by the way. Just saying. They are. I mean, they are. Saying someone's going to the playoffs at the halfway point of the year is kind of the most astronomically dumb thing of all time. He's doing a great job getting them to the that's playoffs. That's like saying, oh, guys, we won a game. We're undefeated. We're 1 0. Hey. Like, ne- like obviously, are- that's he right now he's in the playoff hunting, Greg. I don't think. And I'm if the Nets do make the playoffs, they're getting crapped upon. It doesn't matter. D'Angelo Russell's leading them to the playoffs. So, hey, something uh, worked out. Uh, Natty writes in, nice hat. Derek, by the way, Anthony Martial signs extension today. I did see that. Congrats. Uh, so the big difference for me, and, and I want to touch on soccer later because we has wait, some. Wait. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said, wait, 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 wait. No, you no, said, I said, wait, 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 Greg wants to talk a decent amount about the transfer window. I don't know as much about it, apologies, but I do want to say Manchester United. When Anthony Martial got traded to United, um, it was this unbelievable talent that we got, and there have been so many trade rumors around this guy, and to get him the extension is exactly what he needs. This Manchester United team is the best team in Europe right now. I bet them against anyone. I love it. Give me the gunner for life. It is um, great to see you have such a 180 compared to a couple months ago when you had... Uh... It was embarrassing to be a Laker fan and a Man United fan because, obviously, I'm from Pittsburgh. Uh, Keaton writes in, don't go with the deal if it takes coups or heart. What if they sign AD in the offseason, and it's like that? Clay may come if AD comes, but Clay Braun came. Okay, so basically what you're saying is Clay Thompson is going to come to the Lakers if the Warriors don't offer him a max and if the Lakers get Anthony Davis. Clay Thompson has already seen, already said in the past that he loves his life. Why would he change anything? Money's not an option for him. His family's good. This, that, this, that. I don't see him really leaving the Splash Brothers situation unless there is an absolute path to greatness. Pretty sure yeah. he has three rings, too. Yeah. Saying. He's, yeah. I mean, he's kind of a Call of Famer conversation right there. Yeah. Um, and being... The, arguably top five greatest shooters of all time. The one thing you don't see, though, with what Keaton is saying is the the understanding that, yeah, we can sign AD in the offseason, but well, that is not this offseason. Three, it will be. Is that three off? No, he'll have next year's contract, so this offseason just passed, another full season and offseason. That's a full year next year that we're just saying, all right, we'll just we'll we'll wait. We're in limbo. Which could be a Which, very, very big problem. Even though the Bus family and Magic Johnson and me – back Luke Walton um, as much as we can. The camp of LeBron James apparently seems to not like Luke Walton. Which I think the crap. reason... Oh, it's it's just they... I don't know. They want a guy... In the, it's the, the same thing in Cleveland, like when Gilbert got fired and you're sitting there and they bring in Ty... And it's just... It, this, this is the James Jones bullcrap all over again that we Well, on. the nice thing about Anthony Davis joining the Lakers is for me as a Lakers fan, I just know it's coming eventually. 
yeah, Paul George was supposed to go to the Lakers. Kawhi was supposed to go to the Lakers. Then he said Clippers. All these guys are supposed to go to the Lakers. The nice thing about Anthony Davis, though, he's tired of small market basketball. So I think there's a better shot at um, – and, uh, yeah, Kevin brings up a good point. LeBron gets two years older if they wait, and Clay needs to realize he needs to get paid two from Natty. I would go to the point. It, it's a tough conversation, guys, and it's one that luckily none of us will ever have to be a part of no. because guess what? I'm fat and – Greg sucks at athletics. I do. Well, to be to be fair, looking to looking at Clay though, I mean, I like because he's with the Warriors, he can get most of his money from there because he was drafted by them. Yeah. So he's gonna get the most of his money from there. So he he's not really losing out on it. Well, unless money. they don't offer him a max. That's very true. If but... they don't offer him the max, like you're just gonna off the max, it's more money, which is why he said if he can't get the max, he would take the trade somewhere else. Yeah. Or the deal somewhere else. I mean, there's three guys who could get stupid money from the Warriors if they stayed: Steph, Clay, and Draymond. KD is one of those like weird kind of situations that you don't know about which by the way i wanted to touch on this with you one of the reasons that the knicks made this trade is because now they have all this cap space freed up they can go for two max slots in free agency if they want to hmm yeah it's a weird dynamic i mean it's a nice it's a nice option for the team because basically you're sitting there looking at the fact that you have a nice roster a good coach if you keep him and you're in new york you also got dave fisdale who's apparently a player's coach when you think about it all right guys welcome to a segment we like to call stickball with greg Stickball Greg in the house. Uh, obviously, if you want more Stickball with Greg, uh, check out our upcoming podcast that will be dropping under the Thoughts from the Bench banner with myself, Andre, and Laugh as well. We are still working on the name. Uh, we just recorded the pilot yesterday. Some fun things are in the works, folks, and honestly, we can't wait for you to tag along with us. Now, in terms of big news in the world of baseball, the biggest story that probably dropped today was that Bryce Harper is apparently meeting with the San Diego Padres. Yes, Bryce Harper is meeting with the San Diego Padres. And this is also the same team that had talks with Manny Machado. So really, we could see what's going to happen. Do I think a deal is going to be made? It's tough to say at this point because a lot of other teams have already gotten to the point where they're going to be meeting with Harper for a second time. We've talked about the Phillies. We've talked about the Nationals. We've talked about the Dodgers. We've talked about a lot of these teams. The Padres are a very, very interesting case. They are considered a small market team. They have probably the best farm system in all of baseball. They have 10 prospects that are in the top 100 in baseball, according to MLB Pipeline right now. It's a weird scenario because you're kind of going into the Eric Hosmer debate where they overpaid a guy so much, but really, I'm not seeing anything happening from this. Normally, so. I'd let this go on more, but I do want people to have to tune into the podcast whenever it drops. So, stick Shameless plug, by off. the way. Yeah. Um, so let me get some of the comments. Ben writes in, I'm telling you, LeBron is Sidious. Absolutely. Smalls writes in, LeBron GM James. Uh, yeah. Then yeah, I mean, you can't even argue with it. Natty writes in, D-Lies. Won every game you were at, goalie. <laughs> uh, thank you, Natty. Playing against you was an absolute honor. It's Slipper Rock, my friend. Mm-hmm. Dave writes in, it's going to be cool to see Zion go to the Knicks and leave after two and a half years and demand a trade to the Mavericks. Natty wow. writes in, Padres. I don't know about baseball much. Can they afford him? Ben says, go Bucks. Let's touch base on the Padres, Greg. Yep. I do want to talk about that because basically Bryce Harper is apparently meeting in Vegas, his hometown, yep. with the Padres. Yep, same thing that They happened. weren't even on the radar, right? No, uh, okay. they weren't. They were also, it was the winter meetings, too, where he met with a lot of different teams. He met with the White Sox, the Phillies, the Dodgers, the Nationals, all these teams. So, And in terms of the Padres like actually being able to afford him, yes. If they were able to give Eric Hosmer that big of a contract last year, they can afford to sign what, him. What's the Okay, so realistically, we understand that San Diego's sports fan base 
um, is not the greatest thing on the planet. You look nope. at the earthquake. You look at the Chargers leaving. You look at. I mean, what is? I mean, what is the Padres team portrayed in the baseball world? The last couple of years, the Padres have really been an underwhelming team. They've had so much just front office upheaval, but they've acquired so much young talent that at this point, you feel like something excuse me, is eventually going to happen. Yeah. They have so many good young players <laughs> that you could see a lot of bright futures going on there. And really, the reason that they signed Eric Hosmer, who is a first baseman, was with the Kansas City Royals, won a World Series there, was because they thought, okay, we have a veteran guy who's still somewhat in his prime. We'll put him at first base, and we'll see what works for him. <laughs> if you add Bryce Harper to this, and along with another very young core that's slowly building up there, they are essentially kind of selling the point that we have a bright future there. Okay, I, I just want everyone in the chat to look. Austin, you didn't tag Johnny Violence. You no. just said his name and then said he's most likely to suck eggs in high school. Johnny Violence isn't even here, so did, I'm is just that gonna... a, It doesn't look like you tagged him from the Did you tag him? I don't I think mean... he did because I'm looking at the chat on Facebook right now and it's not highlighted. Yeah, okay, so, yeah. so let's get to more Ed's rankings just because it's going to be one that's a bit of a cult classic here. Uh, top 10 Crash Bandicoot games of all time. I have no say in this. I never played Crash Bandicoot. I did. Go if ahead. anyone else here did, it is a great game. It is so much fun. But I, 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 I'm just letting you all know, Moorhead gives us rankings each week. He is my cousin. He gives us rankings through the NFL season that literally, for some weird reason, were always correct. I'm still having nightmares for the fact that last week I actually agreed with most of Moorhead's 90s cartoon yeah, rankings. Yeah, super weird. I, I um, don't even have a word to describe it. But Smalls writes, it makes sense. Also ranked Wild and Pop-Tarts number two. Yeah. Austin did on our first ever live show again, guys. We, we do want to – I guess we didn't plug it at the beginning. We did not. We so. do a – live show the second thursday of every month obviously this upcoming live show will be at scratch food and beverage on wednesday the 13th because of valentine's day because we have girlfriends who want to do things and the restaurant will be busy so I'd we be, will be wednesday yeah i'd be screwed if i miss valentine's day so here's what it is reason. though guys scratch food and beverage troy hill right up the hill on the north side great food amazing culture we had probably we sold, like, every seat filled in the mm -hmm. bar side for our first show, which was unbelievable. Thank you for everyone that came to that. Absolutely. Um, it was so much fun. We'll have a speaker this time. It was a little bit tough to hear uh, from the back end. But but realistically, uh, guys, we do this show live. We have people come on. We have our third and fourth mic. We have our producer, Josh Elza, as the disgruntled ex-employee. But at this show. we put on one-day contract for the actual live yeah. show, too? But uh, at the show, Don, the owner of Scratch, will have wing specials for us they released it tonight for the first time they got uh you know they got it out a little early um but there will be wing specials so it'll be wing night on our show at scratch food and beverage um come on guys we got drink specials for you we got happy hour specials uh literally we just sit here and talk about sports and people come yeah up and we talk about yeah sports. please so. come out and not just support us but support a a restaurant in a deserving area of pittsburgh and troy hill that not a lot of people really know about but is definitely some place that Really, most people need to pay more attention to. So, it's, like, it's a nice area. It really is. Number 10, Crash Bandicoot, The Huge Adventure. No clue what that is. Uh, the biggest issue I have... Oh, okay, so never mind. Number, well, actually, it's a huge issue, uh, is that he got this list wrong. So number nine, Crash Team Tag Racing. Number eight, Crash Nitro Kart. Number seven, OG Crash Bandicoot. That's, I mean, it's got to be higher than that, dude. Seven, um, man. Number six, this is the one where, Moorhead, I might fire you. Crash Team Racing, sixth of top ten. That is the greatest one. There's, I mean, maybe the number one one you have, maybe. But CTR, Crash Team Racing, used to settle debates in our household. Like, we would be at fisticuffs 
wanted I would want to beat my brother and my dad up and we would settle it on the track of CTR. You are an idiot, Austin. I love you to death. I want to point out the same thing that Brian Farrow just said in the comments. I did not realize there were 10 of these games. Okay, so. Brian. I did not realize you. that. <laughs> I texted that to Austin. I said, there's 10 of these shits. He said one of them's mobile. Or not mobile, uh, 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 Game Boy. It's like the Kingdom Hearts oh, games. There's just so many God, of them. Oh, my There's like 46 Crash games. Might have to take the trip back for a debut appearance at Scratch. I need to debut. <laughs> or I need to debate Morehead on the spot. Smalls, you are always welcome, my friend. Yeah, Smalls. Google Crash it, Team, Natty says. And Ben says that is disrespectful. Yeah, Smalls, please come to our live show. I would love to meet you for the first yeah, time Yeah, Smalls, ever. you just and Greg saying, would actually. Yeah. He did write in the chat earlier. I think it was 61-6. I didn't quite get what those numbers meant. Mm. I don't know. Smalls, okay, if you want to go in depth in an article or two, let me know. Yeah. So number number five, Crash Bandicoot, Wrath of Cortex. Number four, Crash Bash. Number three, Crash Twin Sanity. Number two, Crash Bandicoot 2, Cortex Strikes Back. Number one, arguably better than CTR, is Crash Bandicoot 3, Warped. It is not better than CTR. Moorhead, uh, we're going to give you a stamp of disapproval um, on this one, big guy. If I had to rent, you know what? If I was giving it a list, this would be like uh, eight or nine on your lists, so... Can we get, like, a disapproval stamp and just actually stamp him at our live show? No, we right love Austin. Uh, thank you for your ratings. Austin has a new article up on the site, guys. That is quarterback and head coach matchups. It is the best of a generation head coach and quarterback. Number one will surprise you. No, it won't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I mean, if you don't know number one with me just saying that promo right there, guys, uh, you got some serious thinking to do. Uh, so I want to talk with you, Greg. We obviously talked a little bit about Baseball, a little bit about basketball. We did. Bring up the soccer stuff you want to talk about. Because obviously for me, the big news is Martial signing an extension. You have some other stuff. All right. So I just kind of want to touch base real quick. Oh, it was, it was uh, oh, September 8th, 2018, Hinesville, no, Penn Smalls, State, 51-6 Smalls, to 6 pit. Smalls, I was ah. at that game. I really don't want to talk about it. Well, I was, did it? I sat, was, I sat in the rain, and I was very, very upset that day. Was it a year before or two years before that? It was two, uh, 2016 was okay. when we beat them. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Schmoke. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Also, we have better uniforms than you, and your anorexic uh, Nittany Lion Ooh. is just not really something I want to look at. Okie dokie. Touch base, Greg. Backtrack. What were you talking about? My bad. Okay. Uh, so we were talking about the transfer window officially closing yes. over in Europe. There are a lot of interesting signings that happened, but the reason that I kind of want to point this out is that there were some American and also MLS-related news that kind of happened in this window, too. That's something that needs to be talked about. Definitely we used all these cards the, before. <laughs> the biggest one that I want to point out, too, is uh, Miguel Almiron, who played for the yeah. MLS. Second yep. biggest Newcastle signing ever. Second? Yeah, there's. I think there's one that's bigger. All right, but all right. So in terms of do- <laughs> in terms of dollar amount, it was the biggest. Signing I agree. Ever. In terms of dollar amount, it was the biggest With signing the ever. Facts. I know. So the opinions <laughs> will be seen to decide. All right. So we'll wait till you get to your first one. But Atlanta um, FC, baby. All right, Miguel Almiron, who played for Atlanta United FC, the MLS Cup winning Atlanta United FC, was recently transferred to Newcastle United. Personally, I think he's not going to get a lot of first-team playing time. I literally think he's just going to get loaned out to yeah, a second-tier club agreed. probably. But but for him to be there is good. For him to be there is huge for MLS. Uh, <gasps> it was a $24 million transfer. I just picked up the same card. That's creepy. That's really I just rare. picked up the same card that I said we Holy did this card before. Crap. Yeah, I can confirm we did this before. 
That's really creepy. I did a lot of shuffling. You did a lot of shuffling. This is, guys, it reads the Englishmen's national hockey team sailed on the Titanic. True or false? It's false. That yeah, was, we, we did this. We already. did that before, we and I grabbed it, and I said, that, yeah. we did this before. It's in a bad order, and I did all that. Yeah, every day you're shuffling. Do, do, no, do, but I do, do, just, do, do, all right, keep do, talking. Do, 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 do. Soccer. <laughs> Sorry. So uh, Miguel Emeron signing with uh, Newcastle United is a huge development, not just for Newcastle because it was their most expensive transfer ever, but also it's big for MLS because it was the biggest MLS transfer ever to happen. And it was in a market that has done huge things for MLS and has done huge wonders for the growth of soccer. And then if we want to get into actual American stories that have kind of gone about, this is one of those weird ones that I, I wanted to kind of, kind of touch base on. Uh, Luciano Costa, who played for a DC United, was, I believe, transferred out to another European club. I can't remember. I believe it was PSG. It was PSG who uh, signed him. But apparently there was some back and forth going on with this, too, that like I guess they were arguing about the dollar figure amounts. And it's one of those weird things to kind of see where American soccer is not getting the recognition that it deserves, where you can actually argue with one of the biggest European clubs in the world about price tags on that. Yeah, I mean, well, you, you see that more often than not, I would assume, price tag-wise. But for the United States, you don't. I, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, my understanding is that price tags will always be debated no matter how high or how low they are when they transfer yeah. a player. The nice thing is you are seeing guys in the pipeline like we just signed. Um, we had a USA guy signed for Bayern today that I brought up. I can't remember mm -hmm. his name. Um, but no, I, I think it's interesting to see USA guys finally saying, you know, no, no, we're young, prospected talent. We're tired of. And the funniest thing about this entire situation is this is probably what NBA prospects should do. Go, go to another country. Just play your entire life if you're that good, man. Yeah. If you're that good, just go play overseas. Uh, like, I know it sucks because the college life is amazing and you still get paid and this and that and this right. and that. But You really, get underhanded payments, to be yeah. fair. It's like low-key. But no, it actually does work out. I mean, if you think about it, Thon Maker and Brandon Jennings were still first-round picks, and they went overseas to play in Europe. Well, Thon Maker had a ton of question marks about his age. Thon Maker That did. was different. Brandon Jennings spent a year. Emmanuel Moutier went to China for a year. Both of them came out of high school, made their money, came back. Brandon Jennings is now haunted by a 50-point game he had for the Bucks when he got drafted yeah. back. But, uh, Which, by the way, Thon Maker's apparently on the trade block. His agent was making a big deal about wanting more playing time. Good. He's not good. Yeah, he's not good. Um, yeah, if you don't do good, you don't play what's the big deal no I, i'm right there with you though i would not be surprised if more nba prospects actually do this where we get to the point now where if you want to make some money for your family go to europe for a year yeah i mean really and if you think about it this might actually solve the one and done scenario altogether because if you do the one and done scenario you're going to go to college for a year you're going to get bashed by media regardless yep. of it so it, it, it's really a good thing that we've done that one before we've done how many lot. yeah i know we've done a decent amount of cards but like yeah i didn't realize it was um, this many okay all right let's um, go um yeah, mm, yeah we definitely done that one before mm. we have damn this is insane i was gonna say we we have not i been don't doing feel this like we've finished this deck yet. we haven't been doing this this long uh, we, like we, have we, we really... missed it last week i'm sorry guys apologies wow. on this. um Okay, here we go. We got a new one. In 2017, it was announced that the sport of hobby horse show jumping was sweeping Scandinavia. True or false? True. True it is. What Olympic competitors might have might use stabilizers? A, archers. B, 
cyclists, and C, swimmers. A, stabilizer. I mean, what uh, the rifle, whatever it was. I say A. <laughs> oh, come on. Don't give me that just because Set I'm... stabilizer or rifles or whatever. Yeah. It's A, archers. Thank which you. Which uses neither I, a I rifle the, I knew it... nor a state... Like, I'm sorry. A like, I had it in my which head. Which former Formula One driver shares the surname with the director of the movie Batman Forever? Oh, wow. Uh, Batman Forever <laughs> that's was... the hardest question of all time. Batman is Val Kilmer. No, not Val Kilmer. Uh, that's the actor. That's the actor who played Bruce Wayne. Uh, In I what Batman? Batman Forever. Batman Forever. Yeah, he played. No way! Isn't this the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger? No, that's Batman uh, and Robin. Beyond. No, Batman Beyond's a cartoon. Beyond. That was a great cartoon. By All right. the way. Uh, Batman Forever. Damn, I don't know this. Uh, Which I'm... formula? One former driver shares a surname with the director of the Batman Forever. I'm just gonna guess the only like F1 driver I know, Lewis Hamilton. It is not. It is Michael Schumacher. Oh, damn it, David Schumacher. Oh. Yeah, but you wouldn't have got Michael. 